Welcome to Outdoors. I'm Brian, and this morning we have Natalie Osborne with the Big Sky Biggie. Natalie, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Brian. Nice to be here. And so to the uninitiated, tell us what is the Big Sky Biggie? The Big Sky Biggie is an XC cross mountain bike race. Uh, There's a 60-mile course or a 30-mile course, um, one big loop in, in Big Sky. So the race starts and ends in town center in the meadow area. Um, you, you climb up and uh, you basically get to ride a bunch of trails, um, different varying terrain, everything from double track to to machine built single track to forest service, rugged single track. Um, it, it's, it's a really uh, unique course. It goes in and out of private and public land. Um, it's it's very unique in terms of um, mountain bike races and I'm super, super proud to have the support of Big Sky. And I think I was looking at doing it last year, but it didn't happen last year, did it? No, I tried. I tried really hard to put something together because all of the bike races um, in the States were going to this like virtual, you know, do it on Strava. Um, and and that that's great for some folks. Um, but I think, you know, by June or July, we were all kind of sick of that. And I think people really just wanted to get outside and, and be social in some way. So I was trying to work on doing like a lap course, like a, like, you know, you know, if you go to a 12 or 24 hour event, um, it's usually a 10 mile course and you're just repeat, you know, lapping it for many laps you can get in the, in the time frame that's ever allotted. And so I was working really, really closely with this guy resort to see if we could put something together there. And the, the reason a lap course would have worked well during COVID is you, you could spread out the field. You could have a staggered start. People would be self-supported. There'd be no aid stations, feed stations. Everyone would just bring their own stuff, set up, um, you know, socially distanced from other people. But it would allow people to be out on the same trail around the same time and, you know, at least see each other from a distance and high five and and just feel like they're a part of something social. Um, but uh, but ultimately, uh, working with um, working with Gallatin uh, County Health and uh, state of Montana decided that it still was not appropriate. It would have brought people into Big Sky. Big Sky's numbers were um, getting kind of uh, concerning with just tourism was still a thing. I couldn't believe the traffic going in and out of Yellowstone Park. So made the decision to not bring those people into Big Sky and make things worse for the community. Yeah, yeah. But it sounds like there's a, a bunch with all the displaced enthusiasm. I went on the site this morning and it is booked up for this yeah. summer, right? Was yeah. So so how how our cap is determined, like the amount of people we can have um, at on race day, it's determined by the Forest Service permit that we have. So we have a Forest Service permit for parts of the course that are Forest Service Trail, mm-hmm. and they define our cap. Um, and so the they've uh, we've agreed upon a number for this year, and we and we we met that. So everybody that was registered in 2020, I just automatically um, deferred them to 2021, unless they wanted a refund. That was an option. Um, you know, I'd say 80% of people who were registered in 2020 um, are, they just wanted to defer. So we started with, you know, being 60% full and then, yeah. And then we just filled up. I mean, people are ready. People are ready to be outside um, doing an event with other people. It's, it's time. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, (laughs) sold out. It's kind of nice. That's great. Uh, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about, about the course and kind of what sort of you're talking about the different types of terrain and different properties yeah. can you talk a little bit specifically 
about what that experience is like and, you know, get, get started in the morning and where do you go? Yeah. Okay. So it starts in town center, um, in the town center plaza. And, um, first we kind of head out, uh, with an escort, um, on paved road through a neighborhood in Meadow village and try and string people out. We kind of go up a little bit of a hill and just try and get the, the group spread out. And there's two, um, two different wave starts, one for the long course. And then 30 minutes later, we start again with the 30 mile short course. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they go through Lone mountain ranch property, which is, um, horse, the horse ranch there, beautiful North Fork area. Um, and they'll go through, um, they start climbing through a single track. That's, um, I call it horsey. <laughs> it's, uh, there's hoof marks everywhere. There might be, um, horse poop around, around the trail. So they go through a horsey area, which is always, um, some people hate it. Some people think it's, oh, this is just part of mountain biking in Montana for sure. Um, and then they climb, they climb about 2000 feet. Um, first four miles are on a forest service dirt road. So lots of opportunity for people to pass, for people to spread out and, you know, find their pecking order, essentially. Um, and then uh, you climb another mile and a half to two miles of just beautiful Forest Service single track. Um, the, the, the trail is incredible. There's a couple of grunty sections. Um, and this whole, this whole first climb from the start to the top of the North Fork Ridge Trail is, um, it's, it's our, we call it the king of the mountain or queen of the mountain, whatever you want to call it. It's our climb challenge. Mm-hmm. So we actually have a timing mat at the top of this. And uh, whoever wins, uh, fastest lady, fastest man, climbing that, crossing the mat, wins the Montana Award, mm-hmm. um, which is a sponsorship um, from the Noble family uh, in the North Fork area. They lost their son, Tanner Noble. Um, a few years ago, the a year before the Biggie's first event. Um, and so we have a, a climbing section there um, that uh, is in memory of, of Tanner Noble. So we call it the Mon Tanner Award. So from there, they're at the top of North Fork and essentially we need to get them over to Beehive Basin. So they, they come down um, the Beehive Basin HOA road. Uh, it's a paved road. It's uh, roadies will love this section. Um, I, I sort of cringe. I'm always afraid someone's going to get hurt. Um, but it's how we have to get them over to Beehive Basin. There's no other way right now. Um, and then from there, they take the lower Beehive Basin trail, which is also kind of old school forest service. Not a lot of people ride it. We send them over to Cascade lift area. We're trying to get them over to the big sky resort, essentially moonlight area. And then we, um, we scratched in a trail underneath the cascade lift <laughs> and we send them down, down underneath the cascade lift and then through the skier tunnel. So we're trying to take advantage of tunnel crossings um, underneath the spur road, just so for safety issues. Um, and then they do some single track over um, moonlight, big sky area. And then their first aid station is essentially big sky resorts um, village area, right, right at the bottom of Swifty. And then they'll climb again. They'll climb up to the top of the Mountain to Meadow Trail, which is like fan favorite. Everyone from in the area knows this section of trail. It's like eight miles of machine built, all downhill, super flowy, incredibly fun. Um, you, you don't need to be an advanced expert rider to enjoy this section of trail. It is, it is a hoot. Um, so then they come down um, that section. And so now they're kind of back they're kind of back into big sky meadow area and now they're going to climb again. They're going to climb to basically the top. They're going to climb up through Spanish Peaks neighborhood. 
So we work closely with um, Spanish Peaks community um, to provide access to this private area for, for our race. So this is, a, this is an area that would typically be not open to the public, um, but we have a, a use permit with them for this race specifically. And so then they get to uh, basically use the section called Fish Camp, um, which is usually just for Spanish Peaks guests. Mm-hmm. Um, so another four, maybe four to six miles of super fun machine built single track. Um, they'll come down to the bottom of that, cross over, um, cross, cross over Oozle Falls, uh, Creek, whatever you want to call it, um, on a bridge. And then they come down some double track. And then from here, the course splits. If you're doing a long course, you're going to head up first yellow mule and you're going to do, uh, basically a 20 mile loop on up second yellow mule down first it's sort of like a lollipop um and this is just an incredible section of trail um some of the best views of big sky um are from this trail it it is a grunt it is not for the week it is at this point you're tired you've done some climbing you've probably done about four thousand feet climbing maybe more no probably like five thousand and uh at this point you're going to climb up second yellow mule which at first is fairly um fairly mundane climbing, but then towards the end, it gets incredibly grunty. You go through a little bit different terrain. Um, there's a little, there's a screed field and, um, you know, it's, uh, the pack is totally spread out at this point. Um, especially the long course riders, um, there's fewer of them. So you're kind of riding by yourself and it's super serene. It's an, it's an incredible place up there. You end up at the top of Buck Ridge. Um, it's quiet. The views are incredible and, um, you're, you're bound to see wildlife. Um, there's always wildlife up there, including bears. So we have to be a little bit careful with that too, warning people to be uh, bear aware. Um, and then they come down first yellow mule, which is just, uh, again, another amazing forest service trail. It's fairly rugged. This is not machine built. This is old school. Some of it just goes straight down. Some of it can get rutted. Um, but it is so much fun and it's, it's, I always feel conflicted coming down first yellow mule cause you want to look around, but you also have to keep your eyes focused ahead of you <laughs> for surprises in the trail. Um, but they'll come down that and then they hook back into the course and, uh, then you basically make your way over, um, back down to the meadow village, essentially back down to town center um, uh, via a cool trail that's been, um, put in recently. I think it's maybe six years old and it's called Ralph's pass. Um, and this was a section of trail, um, that the big sky community organization was able to build through an easement with property owners there. And this is how we get, um, our riders from first yellow mule over to uplands, which is another town trail. And, and I think, uh, Ralph's pass is just a really good example of, of why we're doing this bike race. We're, we're doing this bike race basically to provide awareness that we have so many incredible trails in big sky, but they're not connected. And so it's really difficult for a family of four or, you know, a family of any size to come to big sky, park the car and have the kids, mom, dad, get out varying skill levels and, and want to say, Hey, let's meet back here in two hours. Like, you just can't do that. Um, you, you, you'd end up riding with traffic or, you know, 
maybe one section of trail just isn't uh, conducive to a beginner, or um, maybe it's a beginner section and, you know, an advanced writer is going to be bored or be done writing it within an hour. So the whole idea here, the whole concept of putting this course together is how can we connect all of these great pockets of trail? And Ralph's Pass does that. Um, and it was um, due to the great work of Big Sky Community Organization um, and also the cooperation of homeowners and HOA. So it's it's a really fun section of trail. It's challenging to climb. It follows an easement corridor, which is very narrow. So the trail builder really, uh, really had their work cut out for them, but they made it happen. And it's it's really cool. Um, so they come they come through Ralph's Pass and then they come down Uplands. Um, and then back into Town Center Plaza, um, which is growing like crazy. And the development in that area, um, I, you know, just in the last four years, we've seen a lot of changes in Town Center. Um, one of the reasons I wanted to start and finish this race in Town Center is because I really feel like this race belongs to the Big Sky community. I love Big Sky Resort and they've been incredibly supportive. Um, but I really wanted a race an event that was in town center, not up at the resort all day long. Um, and this just gives riders a chance to really see Big Sky from three different angles. I mean, really, like they're doing one big loop and they're constantly having these amazing views at the top of a grunty climb. And it's the landscape is just so incredible. I mean, you get to see Lone Peak from like three different angles. It's incredible. Wow. Sounds like an amazing course. And so I guess the, a lot of it you can ride in different sections, but this is basically your only chance to ride the whole thing, especially through some of the, the private land, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and and there's, there's ways you could um, piece it together on your own if you rode on, you know, like public access roads. Um, but, and, and I have some pre-riding tips, um, ways you can pre-ride the course on our website. And I go through specifically in the course description, the narratives of the course description. I specifically call out areas that are public where that you can pre-ride and areas that you can't pre-ride. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you know, if you want to come ride private trails um, from from some of these uh, community private communities, like the biggies, you're only chance to do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the the folks that had signed up before um, and uh, you know participated in this. Who, who shows up for the biggie? Are they from all over the place or is it more of a regional thing or what's Well, the I mean, this is our only our third event. So um, the first two events, I'd say uh, probably the farthest reaching athletes that came were from Alaska. And that's because that's where I'm from. And I, I encouraged all my friends to come and support this event and, and they came to support me. And that was incredible. Um, the So the first two years, I'd say, yeah, majority was it's a regional race. Um, Montana, Wyoming, Idaho, part of Utah, um, but you know, Dakotas, that, that was our, our core audience. Um, and those were the folks I was marketing to. Um, and then after our second year, um, I, I was at another race, Pierre's Hole, and I was introduced to, um, the, the guy that runs the national ultra in, ultra endurance mountain bike series. And so we are now a part of that series. Oh, nice. And so now we're starting to attract, um, athletes from all over the nation, which is really cool. And some from the East coast, the new E events, the new E series, um, it's a standing series. So if you do like five, <clears throat> if you compete in five of these events, 
um, you're on the, you're on, you're in the standings for an overall podium. So it, it attracts athletes that are doing the series. And so it's bringing them from other parts of the country, which is really exciting. Yeah. But, well, you know, ultimately just, I think Southwest Montana was really ready for a, a new mountain bike race. Um, Pierre's hole, which is in um, Targi is, is part of the series too. So it's really nice to have uh, an additional race in the series on the, in the West coast, because mm-hmm. there's only four until the biggie. Hmm. So, so you've got folks that are really ultra competitive athletes, and then you got probably other people that just want to complete the loops. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people who sign up just to, uh, just to complete it, just to accomplish it. Mm-hmm. And, and quite um, honestly, like that, that's me, like that's the kind of mountain biker that I am. I like to put a race on the calendar just to give myself a reason to train mm-hmm. and to challenge myself to, um, ride more advanced terrain and ride things cleanly. Um, it gets me motivated. Um, I love going to bike races and I've met some of my dearest girlfriends at bike races, literally on the bike course, like while racing. (laughs) Um, and the whole idea of putting together this 50 mile or 60 mile loop in big sky was because I was training for the breath epic and, um, needed to put in some long days in the saddle. And I, so that's, that's really how the course came to be is I was putting together a 50 mile course just for myself to train, um, and stashing food at different places. And, um, that's how I came up with the course to begin with. Um, but yeah, I, I love going to events. I also love hosting parties. And so this is sort of a, a combination of the two things I love to do the most. And, um, yeah, it, this event is for anyone. Um, it's for moms and dads who maybe they're weekend warriors. So, you know, they, they work hard during the week, they're raising kids, um, but they can put this on the calendar and they can train together and, and finish it. And, and I think that's, I mean, the 30 mile course, I call it the short course, but it by no means is easy. I mean, it's, it's a lot of climbing. So what kind of vertical do you have on each of these loops? Oh gosh. So now I have to go to my website and look, I don't have it memorized anymore. <laughs> Sounds like it's quite a bit. <laughs> a lot of climbing. Yeah. And it really kind of depends too on what you're using to, to track, um, the data from your ride. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've, I've done this, um, with Strava and I've done it with my Garmin and then I've loaded my course routes into, um, into trail forts and, and, and the elevation gain varies. So right now what we're advertising, um, with elevation gain for the long course, the 60 plus mile course is it's roughly 10,000 feet of climbing. Mm-hmm. That's, that's crazy. That's a lot. Um, I'll, I'll be honest though. There's so, so much of it is so fun. You, you kind of don't realize you're climbing that much. It's just so much fun. And then the 30 mile course, um, elevation gain is somewhere between 4,500 and 5,000 feet of climbing. Um, uh, and I think one of the things that I love most about these courses is, well, first of all, in mountain bike racing, you're never just on single track. You, You can't host an event with a few hundred people and not have places for them to pass each other or, or for them to, you know, to spread out your field before you um, have them go into single track. So it, it's, it's always a challenge to put together a mountain bike race that um, is fun and challenging and provides a really cool experience for the racer, but also takes into account logistics with 
um, you know, spreading people out, making it safe, making sure that you've got uh, access in case there's accidents. Um, so, I mean, it's, there's a lot that goes into putting in a, in, this is my first time ever creating a bike race and um, well, there's a lot that goes into it. And uh, it, it's been a fun exercise for sure. Um, but I'm really proud of the fact that with our courses, the majority is on single track. Like we have figured out a way to do this without having people bunched up. And some of that has to do with the fact that we have a really low cap. Mm -hmm. um, we're only allowed to have 250 athletes. Mm -hmm. So it's not a crowded race. If you go to other races, there's, there's sometimes there's over a thousand. So it, it's unique in the fact that it's a small field and then we spread them out before throwing them into the single track. We have a, a really nice four mile climb on a nice road with no traffic that allows people to spread out. And then from there, it's just, um, yeah, it's just a lot of single track. So it, I'm really proud of that. Only, only four miles of pavement and only five miles of double track. The rest is all single track. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. So do you have uh, volunteers that help on, on the course and uh, a big crew to get everything set up every year? Oh, yeah. Um, and things evolve too, right? So when I first created this, um, we had a team of six people, um, three couples, and we were all fully invested in this. Um, one couple moved to Idaho. Um, the other couple, uh, they just had other stuff going on. Um, I'm no longer in a couple. So things, things evolve, things change. So our core group um, is it sort of disbanded. Um, but then along the way, I've picked up other people. Swimba, um, South Southwest Mountain Bike Association has a big sky chapter and they are all in, they really want to be involved. And then of course, our other benefactor is the big sky community organization and they come with their own set of volunteers. Mm -hmm. And then the support in big sky alone is incredible. Small businesses, um, the resort, uh, you know, families, uh, everyone has wanted to take a turn either volunteering and or racing. Um, it's, it's incredible. You can't have these events without volunteers. It's not possible. Um, so yeah, everything from, um, safety director to a course director. Um, and then of course the, the race director, those are the three key personnel you need on race day. And those are all volunteer positions. Um, and then I have a safety group, which is, uh, consist of big sky patrol, big sky search and rescue fire department. Um, and, and then our safety director and all of that is volunteer time in terms of like meeting with me to prep. Um, we meet once a week, uh, the month before the event, um, just to go over the course maps, go over protocols. Um, and especially with COVID, you know, now we'll be going over whatever the County is mandating. And of course this course overlaps two counties. So I have to take into account what Gallatin wants and what Madison County wants. Um, yeah, there's a lot of moving pieces. It's, it's nuts. Well, it sounds like a great event to connect, uh, you know, a lot of these communities, a lot of the different properties and things going on in the big sky area. It's very complex. Um, mm -hmm. I was talking with Adam Johnson, uh, yeah. from the big sky community organization, um, and, and about their master plan, their trails master plan you know, which is really, really exciting and ambitious <laughs> for, mm -hmm. for building new trails and then doing more of these connector pieces like you're talking about. Yeah. So that you have more of a, a network of trails that's more inclusive to a wider, you know, group of people for commuting or for recreation or for all those things. 
Yeah. Um, so what are you most excited about, I guess, as, as kind of fostering that sort of um, go by bike mentality for the community of Big Sky? <laughs> uh, I think what I'm most excited about is what's to come because Big Sky is growing. Um, there's no getting around it. And I'm excited that the communities within the Big Sky community have all been working together for years. I mean, I, I only live, I don't even live there now. I lived there for four years. Now I live in Idaho. Um, but in the four years that I lived there, and I was definitely a newcomer, these organizations have been working together for, for over a decade, really planning carefully how to grow. Um, and that's exciting. It's really great to see a town be proactive and also be able to work together. There's so many private and public entities in Big Sky, and the amount of support from the private communities is incredible. Not just financial support, um, but like actual support, uh, showing up, playing a role um, on a board of directors, um, showing up for a dig day, uh, coming to town hall, town hall meetings, so to speak, and, and voicing concern. And then not just showing up voicing concern and then leaving, but like showing up voicing concern and sticking with it and finding resolution um, in, in issues. I, that's what I see in Big Sky. And I'm, it's, it's really, you know, I was only there for a few years, but it, a really big sense of pride in the community, um, which I still feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So where can people go to learn more about the Big Sky Biggie? Well, Big Sky, Biggie.com. Biggie is B-I-G-G-I-E. Um, and yeah, they can go there and re- read more about it. If they want to volunteer, they can sign up to volunteer. If they want to race it, um, registration usually opens in January um, of the year. And uh, yeah, I'd love to see people come out and spend the day on their bike enjoying Big Sky. Awesome. Well, thanks, Natalie. Thanks so much for being on the, the podcast. And I guess everybody's got their work cut out for them, you know, end of August. So start training, right? So yeah. get miles in. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Tune back into Outdoors to hear more from the groups that make mountain biking in the Bozeman area thrive. Go to thelastbestbike.com for more information on the book coming out this summer and where to pre-order. Until next time, happy trails.